Yeah, last time we were discussing uh, saying Tachnun or not saying Tachnun when there is a bris in shul. So we discussed the, uh, the, the, the two reasons not to say Tachnun there's a bris in shul, one on account of the bris itself being a great simcha, the other on account of the bale bris being in shul. But what we left undiscussed is what about during Slichos? There's a Tachnun at the end of Slichos. Do we skip that as well when there is a bris, or for that matter, when there is a chasun in shul? So let's, let's talk about a bris. Um, once we've uh, gotten out of the way the, the, the why it is that we normally omit so we have to ascertain exactly how far that exemption goes to then see if it's even going to extend to slichos. Does it apply to, for example, the entire day of the bris, including the slichos, or only the nearest tefillah? Usually the nearest tefillah is the shachris that immediately precedes the bris. And if it applies to the entire day, why is it, what would be the bakasha if it applies to the entire day? That on, in almost every shul where there's a bris in the morning, come mincha time, and what do they do? No, what do they do? They say tachnun. Almost every shul says tachnun mincha time, even if there was a bris there that morning. So if it's really something that applies to the entire day, why would they uh, say tachnun at, uh, at mincha time? Um, if it only applies to the nearest tefillah, so then is there any room to assume that slichos may be part of that nearest tefillah, and maybe not, it may not be considered a separate tefillah. You know, one of the explanations of why we say slichos um, for so late at night and before, you know, the ideal time at least for saying slichos is uh, either very, very, very early in the morning, you know, it's in the late night time hours is that every other time of day, every other normal time slot already has a tefillah in that zman. So we stick slichos in a zman that doesn't really have a tefillah slotted in for that uh, for that zman. So if that's the case, it seems that slichos is like a separate tefillah. It's a fourth tefillah. Um, some post-commander suggests that the joy of a bris milah would extend throughout the entire day. And if that's true, it would make sense that in a case where a bris is going to be done after mincha, you would omit tachnun even during shachris. Meaning, let's say you have to delay a bris because of an illness, and the seven complete days from the time of the baby's full recovery that we spoke about last time, right? You have to count seven days. Maybe that only comes up in the afternoon, so you can't perform the bris in the morning. Nevertheless, in the Chuvas B'Tzelachach, Mechelech Dalit, Simen Kuf Mem Vav, and Rav Chaim Kenyevsky, quoted in the Sefer Yishei Shol, Perech Hey, footnote 98, both say that uh, Tachnun is not set at Shachris of the morning where there's going to be a bris, even if the bris is going to be at Mincha time, because the entire day is infused with a certain sense of Simcha. Rav Vadi Yosef, brings a riot to this, based on the minute to leave out the paragraph of Lam Natseach before Uval on the morning of Erev Pesach. Now, why is it that we leave out the paragraph of Lam Matzah and Erev Pesach. What's special about Erev Pesach? You're not eating matzah and Erev Pesach. What's special about Erev Pesach? The Karm Pesach, right? It's the actual Chag HaPesach, not Chag HaMatzah. It's the actual Chag HaPesach. And when do you bring the Karm Pesach? Only in the afternoon. And yet, what do we do? We leave out Lam Natzah 
in the morning. So says Rav Yosef, it seems to be that even the time before the actual mitzvah that infuses the day with simcha, uh, the, the adjustments in tefillah are made even before the time of the actual uh, mitzvah. And it would therefore follow that tachnun would be omitted at any point during the day of a bris. And in light of that, it's difficult to understand why it is that the Raman, Kuflamanal, Sifdalid, Paskins, that tachnun is recited at mincha when a bris was done in the morning, when a bris was done after chakras. In the Chuvas Bitzal Achachon, Bitzal Stern explains that once the bris was already done, so it, it's true, there is simcha that extends throughout the entire day, but once you have a bris, there's another, another component that kicks in, something called Saradiyanuka, that a baby is in a little bit of distress. And we care about that. We're concerned about Saradiyanuka. So the Simcha sort of brought down a little bit because of the Tsaradiyanuka. That's what the Gemara and Ksubis, Tavches, says, that due to the concern of Tsaradiyanuka, the brach of Shasimcha Bimono is omitted from a Sudas Brismila because uh, there is this sense of Tsaradiyanuka. There's even a discussion in Poskim whether Tsaradiyanuka is necessary in order to do a Brismila. What if you can use an anesthesia? To, uh, to dull the baby's pain and there won't be Tzaradinuka. Okay, we're not going to get into that right now, but the point is that it could be that the simcha of a bris milah does extend for the entire day before, after, you know, all the tefillos before, all the tefillos after. Why is the overwhelming minute that we say tachana mincha? Because by then you already have the Tzaradinuka. That's how the B'Tzal Chachm explains. There is another group of poskim, the Arachnem and Simchof Lamed Aleph Os Yud Ches, argues that the joy of the bris only affects those parts of the day that the bris could have been performed. Tachnun would be said during any part of the day where the bris could not be performed. So if the bris could have been done in the morning, then you would skip Tachnun at Shachris, even if the bris was actually done after Mincha. Now, why on earth would they ever do the bris after Mincha if they could have done the bris in the morning? Well, I was involved in a case not that long ago. Someone had a baby, the parents, the grandparents lived out of town. The earliest fight they can get in on the day of the bris, because there was a family simcha, a wedding the night before in the town that they lived, the earliest time they can get in was mincha time, so they delayed the bris on account of the grandparents to be there for... uh for for uh, for mincha, so the bris was was at mincha time. Uh, the other mechutanim weren't so happy about it, but okay, you know, we, we made shalom in the end and everything, uh, everything. But they, they delay a bris sometimes for something like that. If the bris though would have been halachically invalid in the morning, like the case of the baby who's sick, who you're waiting for the uh, twenty four hours seven days to be up, then tachnun would be left out of shachris. Now a third approach is suggested by Ravadi Yosef in Chela Gimel Simin Yudbeis of Yabia Omer, and he says that the omission of Tachnun only applies to the nearest tefillah, period, would not relate to the entire day of the bris. And it would therefore seem that during the slichos, which are not part of the tefillah that immediately precede the bris, Tachnun should be recited. And even if you accept Ravadia's basic idea that it applies to the nearest tefillah of the bris, uh, you could still make an argument that you could skip Tachnun by slichos. Because what is slichos exactly? Is slichos a fourth tefillah? So some understand it that way. But there is a, uh, an interesting comment that the Magen Avram has. The Ramah writes in some tough kuf pei alif, that there's a minag, and it's followed in almost every shul, I think, that the guy who's, who's the shaliach tzibur for slichos should continue on as the shaliach tzibur for shachris. That if he led the slichos, he should continue to be the shaliach tzibur for shachris. Says the Magen Avram, why? Hamaschil b'mitzvah omrim lo gemar. Someone who's begun a mitzvah, you tell him to continue, to finish that mitzvah. So in the Tshuva's Binyan Shlomo, Simon Lamed 
explain, he wonders about the application of that principle. You know, the idea that you tell somebody to complete a mitzvah that he had begun applies when he began a mitzvah and he has not finished that mitzvah. But somebody who does one mitzvah does not have an obligation to then do the next mitzvah. For example, is there any such minag that the guy who davens shachris also has to daven mosuf? Mincha, we never do that in our shuls, right? That's not unless there's no other volunteer or something, right? We don't, we don't, uh, or if someone has uh, whatever yard site or something. But typically, we do not have a guy who daven shachris continue to daven the other tefillahs of the day. So why would the guy who daven slichos daven shachris? So Salvechik and his cited in Harare Kedem Chelikal of Simon Beis explains that fundamentally slichos are not a fourth tefillah; they are a general introduction to the rest of the tefillahs of the day, and therefore he says. If someone were to say slichos and not say any of the other tefillos that day, there is slichos Jew. People were just telling me yesterday that there's such a thing, that there are some people that are like very into slichos and with the music and the guitars and whatever. And, uh, you know, but they don't, they don't daven. They're just not into like davening. But they like, you know, they stay up till four in the morning that first night and they're singing and dancing and doing God knows what. You know, uh, you know being Mavakish Rachman, presumably, uh, someone, someone uh, showed me that there was a, a picture of a, a wall of guitars in a music store. And uh, right under it, there was a, uh, a row of slichos. And he said, buy one and get a free slichos. Like, it's, uh, that's become the minag, I guess. That, uh, all right, but that's, uh, again, a different discussion for a different time. But uh, let's say a person, or such a person, that he's so into the slichos, he just, you know, he doesn't hold the davening so much. That's not his thing. So says of Salvechik, then it's not that he was Yotze Slichos and not Davening. Uh, an introduction lacks all meaning when it's divorced from the main body of what it's meant to introduce. So based on that, it could be very well argued that even if the Ptur of Tachnun would only extend to the Tefillah that immediately precedes the Briz, it might still extend to Slichos as well. You still might not say the Tachnun at the Slichos. Then there is the Shita of Rav Vazner. Rav Vazner, Shevet Alevi, Chelek Dalit, Simen, Nun Dalit, Paskins, that the effect of the Briz on the entire day is completely irrelevant to the issue of, of whether you say Tachnun during the Slichos. It has nothing to do with it. You could be the happiest Jew in the world. You could be, uh, you know, the greatest Simcha Shal Mitzvah from, uh, from the Bris Mila. got nothing to do with Tachnun. He says the most, the, the, the Tachnun at the end of Slichos is part of the basic format of Slichos. There's like a how-to in Slichos. You start with Ashrei, you have a Kaddish, you do all the Slichos with the Yud Gimel Midos interspersed in between these, uh, you know, the, the, the various paragraphs, and, and that's it. It's got nothing to do with how joyous the day is, and it ends with a tachnun. And in fact, in the Yotzar Briz, Chelek page 232, he says, the Minigan Worms was always to omit the tachnun during chakras, but to recite the tachnun during slichos, meaning the chakras tachnun was, but during slichos, even for Bahab, on the day of a bris. And, and the Chorah, that's, uh, the, it's correct, based on the practice of reciting tachnun at the conclusion of slichos in Erev Roshana, right? Meaning Erev Rosh Hashanah, we don't say Tachnun either um, on, at Shachris. But by the Slichos of Erev Rosh Hashanah, absolutely it's included. So apparently, even when the day would warrant omitting Tachnun, we would still recite Tachnun at the conclusion of the Slichos. And the, the, um, the, 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 the approach that we mentioned earlier that, that, that affects... Uh, that, that recognize the effect of the joy of a bris on any part of the day that the bris could have potentially been performed in is uh, mentioned by many poskim, but with slight variations. In the Sefer Pischei Tshuva, uh, he ra- not, not Pischei Tshuva, rather, he raises an interesting dilemma. He assumes that if the time for Mila had arrived when the shul is up to Tachnun at the end of Slichos, then you'd leave at Tachnun. 
But if the time for Mila had not yet arrived, when the shul gets up to Tachnun, then you say Tachnun. And he says, in his shul, they once got up to the Tachnun at the end of Slichos, on the day of Abris, after Amurah Shachar, but before Netachama. So now, can you do a bris after Amurah Shachar, but before Netachama? Answer, Bidiyavid. Not, not ideal, Bidiyavid. So now, is that called that the time for the bris has arrived? So that's what he analyzes that question. Ratsi Pesach Frank and Mekrei Kodesh and Yom Norem, Simon Beis, analyzes that question in, uh, in great detail. What defines the Zman of a mitzvah? Is it defined by the ideal time or by any time that it would technically be permitted? Um, there are several poskim that do accept this premise but apply the halacha slightly differently. For example, Roshom Zalman Arbach and Elicha that when the shul actually gets up to Tachnun, it doesn't matter when the shul exactly gets up to Tachnun. That's irrelevant. All that matters is when do they begin to recite Slichos. If they began Slichos before Alos HaShachar, then they would still say the Tachnun on the day of a bris milah. But if they would say Slichos after Alos HaShachar, then uh, if they began Slichos after Alos HaShachar, then they would skip Tachnun on the day of a bris milah. Shmuel Kamenetsky in the Sefer Kovetz Halachos, Perak Beis, uh, footnote 39, footnote Lamites, Paskins, and he didn't write it, the, the Kovitz Halachas, for those who are not familiar with the Sefer, first of all, get familiar with it. Fantastic Sefer. There's a young Rav, Rabbi Daniel Kleinman, from, I believe, Brooklyn, who was uh, who is a very, very close Talmud of Shmuel Kamenetsky, and he asked him everything. And he, uh, he put out volumes and volumes of beautiful Svarim with Shmuel Kamenetsky's Psakim and a lot of color commentary. You know, the whole background, all the sugya, the whole sugya, he writes beautifully. So in that sefer, in Kovetz Halachos, he paskins that the determination whether or not to say Tachnun in Slichos is not dependent on when Slichos began, like Rosh Hashanah says, but when the shul get, actually gets up to the Tachnun, like we mentioned earlier. Rav Shechter, Mori Virabi Rav Shechter, says it also depends when the shul gets up to Tachnun, but he says a little differently. He says that the matter, that, that it's determined by sunrise, the ideal time for, for a bris, not by Alos HaShachar. Rabbi Tzal Stern in the B'Tzal HaChachma says, regardless of when the Slichos is said, you leave out Tachnun on the day of bris, even though the bris can't actually be done in the morning. And he says the baby's already considered, he says, because when, when do, does the bris start being taken into account? Not when you could do the bris, but when the baby has a shame aurel. When the baby's called an Aurel. A two-day-old baby, not yet an Aurel. Three-day-old baby, not yet an Aurel. When does a baby become an Aurel? The Yushalmi in the 19th parak of Shabbos, uh, Oshe says that Truma oil cannot be used by a Kohen who is an Aurel. And the Yushalmi says you could use Truma oil on a baby the first seven days of his life because he's not yet an Aurel. But on the evening of the eighth day, you may not use Truma oil. Why? That's when shame Aurel sets in. That's when he has a status of an Aurel. Ah, so then Mila already becomes an Indian, even though you can't actually do it. Mimela, you would skip Tachnun, even if you're saying Slichos at night when there is a bris the next day. I am on, uh, I'm, I, I have the, the, the fun uh, privilege of being on a WhatsApp chat with uh, uh, Rabbi Akiva Willig uh, in a shul where people ask him all sorts of uh, interesting shailas. So someone asked him this shaila about Tachnun at a so I sent him this article, you know, the one that I told you that Rav Shachta told me never to publish. But he writes 
So he, he responded to it, um, and he writes, I'm trying to find it right now, my father Shlita, not my father, his father Shlita, uh, Rabbi Willig, Mordechai Willig, believes that so long as the time of Tachnun is after dawn, which it almost always will be, then Tachnun is omitted. And I'm just reading the bolded passages that he writes. He says, in fact, my father Shlita is of the opinion that Tachnun is omitted during Slichos of Erev Rosh Hashanah because it's almost, it's almost always said after daybreak, and usually after sunrise. Wow! So Rabbi Willig holds that even on Erev Rosh Hashanah, you skip Tachnun in Slichos. But certainly at a bris, you would skip Tachnun in Slichos. So essentially, there are lots of different opinions about this issue, but it seems that there's a lot of reason to uh, skip Tachnun. My son's bris was on Erev Rosh Hashanah. I do not believe we skipped uh, Tachnun. I don't know. It was my first son. I had a lot else on my mind that day. I certainly wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't the rabbi of the shul. So, uh, but I, I, I don't recall. I should ask Rabbi Lubin. Ben. It was in his school. I should ask Rabbi Luban what uh, what he did, but uh, but but um, it seems that there's a lot of room to suggest that tachnun should be skipped on the day of a bris.